Mino Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls with me, Dr. Plenty. Today, we're going to switch it up a bit and discuss something we all have thought about before having kids and since having kids, and that's how to balance being a mom and a career woman. Working mothers account for about 33% of the workforce. That's about two-thirds or 23.5 million women they have kids under the age of 18 um, and also worked full-time, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Of the 15 million single parent households in the U.S., 80% are single moms. Now, with COVID-19, many moms, whether they are single or married, have had to adjust to some form of virtual learning during some or most parts of the pandemic. So, how do you handle all of this? How do you handle work, um, a job, sometimes several jobs, childcare, homeschooling, without literally breaking down? To help us discuss this further, I have a very special guest, Nikki Branch, a.k.a. Nikki for the Culture. Nikki for the Culture is the trailblazer behind Women for the Culture, which is a brand launched in 2018 as a strictly positive, safe space for women to promote their brands or businesses. When she is not promoting and uplifting other women using her brand, she is working full time, 60 hours a week um, in a job while being a super mom, a fiance, a ninja warrior in between. She is a mother of two special needs sons, struggles uh, struggles with her own health conditions, just fibroids, like I do, and continues to promote her brand. If that wasn't enough, she is developing her own CBD line called Glow Up Girl, which is also the name of her Instagram live show. In her spare time, she is also launching her own podcast with her fiance. Ooh, okay, so Nikki, I'm tired of just reading your bio. Welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited. So um, I just want to know, like, how do you do all that you do? And be- until I read your bio, because I follow women for the culture, um, and until I read your bio, I didn't. I don't think I knew that you had all of these other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until I, I talked to your... Um, your PR manager, I didn't realize you actually worked on top of doing this. I thought that Women for the Culture was like your only gig. Mm, I wish. (laughs) That's what the goal is and that's what I'm working for. But um, it's, I've worked the whole time. I've always worked owning other businesses. I um, even own a modeling agency, um, you know, Ions um, back and I worked then and I just kind of fit it in. I don't know Um, is I get, I think maybe it's just the drive that I have. And I know that I want to be my own boss and I know that I want to own my own companies and I want to do for me. And so I think that is the main drive that I have is that I want to spend more time with my children. Um, especially now during COVID, um, I, I see that their struggles and I want to be a part of that more on a daily basis. Um, so I think that's really what gets me through. 
Got you. So what made you launch Nikki for the, uh, Nikki, uh, no, Women for the Culture? What made you launch that platform? So after I had, well, even really after when I had my first son, um, he is 13 now. So when I had him, I, I lost all my friends, <laughs> to be perfectly what? honest. I lost all my friends. Um, during that time, I was, you know, I was 24 at the time and, you know, I was promoting clubs in, in New York at the time and I was always partying and having a good time. And, you know, so I was meeting all these people and that's the lifestyle that I had at that time. So then once I had my son, you know how we are as moms, you know how we are as women, we go into mommy mode. And so mm-hmm. that going out, that partying, that staying out late and, you know, staying at the club till four in the morning, coming home, changing, going straight to work for an eight hour day, that was over. I think that people don't realize once you're a mom, it can be very isolating mm-hmm. You know, because you do have to change your focus to what, what your kids' focuses are. Mm-hmm. And um, I tell people all the time, I'm like, um, like I like Clubhouse, and, but I can't be on it all the time, right? Because mm-hmm. my kid goes down at eight, and he needs to take a bath before that, and then at eight thirty, I need to be rocking him to sleep. It's gonna mm-hmm. take me thirty minutes to get him to sleep, and so I can't get in the routine of doing things every single night that could take mm-hmm. away from you know, my mommy time. And sometimes friends can understand that. Um, mm-hmm. Some friends that have kids may understand that. Some kids that have kids, some friends that have kids don't understand that either. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting, which is your situation, is which is a shame. Because mm-hmm. you would think that other moms could identify with the struggle of having to juggle work and your your own individual time, meaning just your time to get your headspace together and then time with your child. But you're right. It, it can be very isolating. And sometimes it's eye opening, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe those people just weren't meant to be there anyway. Exactly. So how did you, how do you, how are you able to balance? Because even reading your bio, so you're a mom, you have two kids, you have women for the culture, you work full time, you have glow up girl, you have the glow up girl lives mm-hmm. that you also do. And then you do, it sounds like you do a whole bunch of other stuff that I didn't even mention. Mm-hmm. So how are you able to stay socially involved um, like you do while you're working full time being a mom? Um, it's, it's pretty difficult. Um, but my fiance is so helpful. Um, thank God he's able to manage the boys like he's down there with them now you know so I I know in my mind of things that I have to do and I make sure that I time myself you know and I'm saying okay um I knew I had this podcast so for instance today was my day off yesterday was my day off I literally have talked to Camille my publicist from 9 a.m. this morning to literally to about five o'clock literally on the phone with her all day um and I've tried to fit in content I tried to fit in in between those conversations I tried to fit in you know making dinner so I made dinner had dinner done by six maybe six thirty or so so six thirty while the broccoli was boiling I was taking my shower <laughs> Gotcha. And, you know what I'm saying? So I'm fitting in 
So I know, okay, it's going to take me this long to take my shower, get dressed for the podcast. Broccoli could be boiling. Chicken is already done on the stove, waiting for it to be, you know, cooked. And then, so by the time I was out of the shower, broccoli was done. My fiance did all of the plates for the boys. They were already eating when I got downstairs. I ate, came up, got dressed, got my, my ring light, all that stuff. So I'm literally timing my life. Mm, got you. So you are like an expert time manager. Um, I'm trying to get on your level. Like I am definitely nowhere near close to that, but I am trying to get on your level. Um, wow. Okay. So tell me about your kids. So how old are they? Um, this is pregnancy pro. So I got to ask about how your pregnancy was, how was your pregnancy journal? Um, my pregnancy was great for both my boys. Um, my first son, Devante, he is 13. Um, I had a normal vaginal pregnancy, full term. Actually, he was a week late. So I was supposed to have him on the 31st and I had him on the 5th of August. Um, And then we noticed after once he got a little older, he had all his milestones. So I'll say that he had all his milestones. He, you know, was standing, talking, all that good stuff. And once he got into daycare, it, he was he was trouble in daycare ever since. Every time I went to school for him from daycare on, it was always a story about his behavior. So as things started getting more and more and more, he started getting older, um, people were, you know, teachers were saying, well, do you want to get him evaluated? So that mm-hmm. is the, the, the wonderful word I heard from God knows how long. So I was going through my denial phase. There's nothing wrong. He's fine. Finally, it got so bad with his behavior, more so in school when I wasn't around um, with where he would, uh, his attention span wasn't well. He was not making friends and communicating with people um, Mm -hmm. the the way he should. Um, And he was very hyperactive So when I took him, they said he had ADHD. So we went through the therapy um, and he's still having very much. So a lot of issues as far as um, coming down, he's just, he talks, he's 13, but he almost reminds me of my youngest son in his behavioral and how he behaves, Um, but he's so smart. Mm Mm-hmm. So like we would get him workbooks, you know, from your local stores. So even though he was in first grade, he was doing second grade work through those workbooks. So he was always ready for the next grade. But now as he got older and he's starting to talk back more, like I'll say two words, he'll say about 16. Is he bored? He's probably bored. So I got that too. So my mom was saying that. So is he bored? You know, um, and I feel like he could be, but I feel like a lot of that is where my son is also too. Unfortunately, he is a follower. And I've always told Devante this. I said, I don't ask you to be perfect. Let me tell you something. I was not perfect. I ran my mouth in school. I didn't like to raise my hand. If I saw a pencil over there, well, I feel like, why should I raise my hand and ask you to go get this pencil? I'm just going to go up and go get it. And I got my butt toe up. You know what I'm saying? And I had a little notebook where my teacher had to write how I was. So I said, I don't expect you to be uh, a genius and be perfect. But what I expect you to do is to make the right decision. 
So how old is your youngest child? Are they close in age? So you can no. sort of my youngest is three. So Zaire, his uh he same thing, full term, super healthy. He had all his milestones, he stood, he was babbling for a while. And I noticed him not babbling anymore. And I said, something is wrong. So now with this being his first child, he was in super denial. Mm-hmm. No, nothing wrong with my son. No, ain't nothing wrong. Just give him some time. I'm like, Aziz, something is wrong. He should be saying something. Mama, something. And then that's when the, the doctor was saying, you know, watch out a little bit more, you know, for him and things like that and nothing. And he's three and he still hasn't started talking at all. He does the over at all. So he's, he's babbling, he's screaming. He's um, sometimes we've noticed now where he's, he's trying to sing along to songs on his tablet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's trying to make noises um, but there's no words, no yes, no no, no mama, no dada. He even used to say dada a lot. He stopped doing that. He doesn't do that anymore. So how are you balancing all that? How are you balancing oh, momhood to two kids that need a little extra attention? So it's so it's so draining. And so my fiance literally is like falling asleep in his chair, like nodding off because he just worked overnight. So he wants. Zaire, he brings him up to take a nap. Zaire can be asleep 30 minutes. So then he's back downstairs. So now it's just me and Devante. But you're now starting another venture. Yes. Okay, so how do you have the time to fit another thing in? <laughs> She's like, I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, I have to. Obviously, I'm not doing what I need to do because you have like 50 million jobs and you're able to handle all this. And I am not. Right. So the question is, you know, would you recommend that moms create their own businesses or do you think, hey, I'm doing a lot and this is a lot. And I don't I don't recommend anybody else go through this type of like juggling. This is the sacrifice that I'm making to get to my goal. Now, this is working I, I my my hair isn't falling out, at least not anymore. But my, it could have been due to the fibroids. It could have been due to the fibroids too, or it could have been the stress of COVID. Because when COVID started, and maybe two months went by, I took my hair out, and it totally could have been my fault. But I had clumps, literally this big, of my hair that came out when I washed it. I was almost literally going bald. So I'm like, well, I just found out I had the fibroids at that point. So I'm like, could it have been that that maybe made my hair fall out? I had no idea. But either way, I feel like definitely you're, if you know that running a business is something that you want to do or you want to, um, you know, start a podcast or have a product, digital product, whatever it is, you can make the time to do it. But you have to have the drive. You have to have the mindset for it and be ready for the struggles that are going to come with it. Be ready for the stress that is going to come with it and be prepared to fit in still time for you. Sometimes I'll take a break and I'll take a moment and say, you know what, Nikki, it is time for a break, girl, because Mm -hmm. you are doing too much and your body will tell you. I remember I sat at the computer and I can feel the anxiety because 
my oldest will be like, Ma, I can't believe you'd be doing this. Because literally, I have both of my computers working while I'm at my regular job. And then I'll literally get up and I have my other, my work, my Nikki for the culture and women for the culture. I have a separate other computer for that. And I'll literally get up and slide my chair to the next desk and I'll sit there for another four hours doing this. But this is what I love to do. I love it. I can, I can do it all night long, but I know. And in my mind, I say, I have to hurry up to start this, whatever, whatever plans or whatever to-do list I have, because I know at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, my baby is going to be ready for me to rock him to sleep. And then he's not going to sleep all night. So it could be a two o'clock, three o'clock wake up. So I stay up, you know, all night doing this. I know I, at 11 is my cutoff. So even with doing clubhouse tonight, I told them 1030, I'm done. Boundaries. I'm not going to be on there. I'm not going to be on there for three, four hours chit-chatting. And I know I got to be up for eight o'clock tomorrow to be at my regular job. And God knows when Zaire is going to wake up in between that time overnight. That's some good advice. So it sounds like, you know, the moms that are considering, uh, starting a side hustle or starting a, a, their own business. Um, as long as you have the passion and you can see yourself doing it every single day and you love it, mm-hmm. then you should go for it. And I completely um, agree with that as well. Um, also, uh, the thing that you said that sticks out, one, listen to your body. Like I, I tell patients that all the time, listen to your body and always give yourself a schedule break and some schedule alone time just by yourself, away from your children, um, away from work, just give yourself some downtime. It doesn't have to be a whole day, but, you know, 30 minutes here and there, an hour or a, or a whole day, if you need a whole day um, to give yourself uh, time to take a break um, and reflect and figure out if this is how you want to proceed. But yeah, I definitely um, agree with, uh, with everything you've said. Uh, I applaud you for everything that you're doing. Um, I think that it's amazing that you're able to balance all of this at the same time and seem to be balancing it pretty well. I mean, if you know that it's going to take you 20 minutes to boil broccoli and you're going to go get in the shower mm-hmm. and take a shower, wash your hair and, and mm-hmm. get dressed in 20 minutes and you're downstairs before the bro- broccoli burns, mm-hmm. you have mastered this thing over the last decade. <laughs> so, um, so if you're listening, please make sure you figure out how long it takes for your broccoli to boil. <laughs> and what you're going to be doing. Don't just watch the broccoli boil. Go do something and be productive. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Be productive in the moments that you do have. So in that little space and even with the breaks, like if Zaire is up on my days off, if Zaire is sleeping, I'll take that moment at least 30 minutes to lay across the, the sofa and I love watching I mean you're gonna be like oh she old I love watching like Mary with children I love watching I love Lucy those are my shows that is old school yeah. <laughs> those are my shows like I can literally watch Mary with children and I love Lucy all day long like and I I take those moments for myself like the other night I had my son watch um imitation of life with me that was my my break. I absolutely love that movie. It's my son was like, Oh man, I almost got me crying. You know, <laughs> I I'll have to go and watch it. Oh my gosh, girl. I was just telling Camille about that movie. She said, Oh, she's, she knew she was going to cry, but I told her, I said, that movie is absolutely amazing. The 1956 version of imitation of life, 
hands down, is absolutely the best movie I've ever seen. 1956. Okay, I'm writing that down. Mm-hmm. Now, now, uh, Nikki, at this portion, we usually, like I was telling you before the show, we usually have these medical cases that are presented. But mm-hmm. since you're special, we're doing things a little bit different because you're boss mom. Okay. So we have questions that we've collected from our listeners. Mm-hmm. And we want your opinion on these questions. Okay. And so our medical intern, instead of reading cases, will read the questions from the listeners. Dr. Plenty, thank you so much for taking my question. I have a six-month-old and a two-year-old. I'm working full-time. I have been breastfeeding, but now I find it harder to do so while working. My milk supply has started to decrease, and I find myself feeling overwhelmed because I'm, I'm too tired to pump. In your opinion, should I stop breastfeeding? I'm just going to go off of my experience. I tried to do breastfeeding, and unfortunately, it did not work for me for both my children. I let my, I had to let them because my boobs were so big and they hurt so much. I couldn't take it. So I did let them. So I only breastfed only two months. So if you are dedicated in, in trying to um, breastfeed your, your child and you want to continue that, but you don't have the time, I would talk to a specialist on that, like a lactation person to see if they have any pointers if you don't have the time, you're too tired, you're going to be miserable. And I was miserable and I stopped. Like I couldn't put that extra pressure on myself because I was, I was almost in tears. So I could, I personally couldn't do it. You know, it's funny that you say that because I have a YouTube video on breastfeeding. And when I tell you while I was taping the video, I literally had to stop recording because I started crying in the middle of the recording and I had to gather myself back up. And then when I started back recording, I literally went off on the listeners, told them they need to stop this because we as mothers um, are very judgmental on the breastfeeders versus the non-breastfeeders. Like that's a, that's a real thing. Like people are like, oh, you're not breastfeeding. Right. So you must not be a good mom because you're yeah, not breastfeeding. a service to your child. Right. And it's, it's very discouraging. And when I, I breastfed um, for six months, um, I supplemented after about three months because my milk supply was just not coming in. I was literally pumping every three hours. I was a zombie. I wasn't getting any sleep. I was very frustrated and I was beating myself up because I could not mm-hmm. produce. And one day I was doing locums work. Um, so I was doing tribal medicine in uh, Northern Indiana. We moved from Indiana to Houston. So between, um, while I was getting licensed in, in Texas, I did some, um, some tribal medicine in Northern Indiana. And it wasn't until one of the sonographers in the clinic, I was literally with a breast pump in the office and I was like literally shaking. And she was like, Dr. Plenty, it is okay to stop. It's okay to stop. And it wasn't until somebody else that had done this and been a mom and raised kids literally stopped me and told me it's okay. Now I am a maternal fetal medicine specialist and an OBGYN. Mm -hmm. I should know nutritionally breast milk and formula are the same, right? Mm -hmm. And the only difference between your breast milk and your formula is going to be the antibodies you give your baby. So Obviously, antibodies are good because the baby in the first six months doesn't really have an immune system. So you're giving your baby natural antibodies. So it's always better to breastfeed if you can. Mm -hmm. But if you can't, Mm -hmm. don't beat yourself up about 
not being able to breastfeed or being overwhelmed, it's not that serious. There's so many types of formulas out there nowadays Mm -hmm. that nutritionally, your baby will be fine. It's just not that serious to be stressed up and torn up about breastfeeding. So for this listener, I would definitely agree. I would I would go see a lactation specialist to see if you can get on some type of regimen to make sure you're producing enough. But after you've done that, if you're having anxiety mm-hmm. and it's changing your quality of life because you're overwhelmed about breastfeeding, just stop. Go mm-hmm. get some formula and stop. The second question. Here's the second one. I've been homeschooling my six-year-old since the beginning of the pandemic while working full-time as a nurse. I'm so stressed out because I fear getting COVID-19 and infecting my child and husband. My husband helps me when he's home, but I often have to have a babysitter who comes in to help my child with virtual learning. I'm starting to make just as much money as a fitness consultant as I do with nursing. So I'm thinking of doing fitness full time. What advice can you give me about starting a new business while parenting? Mm, I love that question. So if you if you know that you're able to um, leave what you're doing to make the same amount of money to be a fitness instructor, do it. But start off slow to make sure that you're going to be able to build clientele first, that you're going to be able to make that amount of money and chuck them the deuces after because. Don't stress yourself out. Don't you and and not to mention with social media, if you are into stuff like that, social media can bring you possibly more than what you were making. Why? Because you can do so much where there are women at home literally gaining weight, trying to figure out how to lose the weight because they are afraid to go into the gym and they're looking for somebody who is a mom or who they can relate to to do, you know, fitness. So you can record yourself, start a a website, start a membership, have them pay for the membership and even do, um, have, and, and have them, you know, instruct them. Completely agree. Um, virtual classes are the way to go. And in addition to your private clients, you can always do virtual classes. And I definitely agree with you in terms of like, if you can make just as much money and you are, not going to be a stress. This is something you love. You should do it. However, I also agree with the ease in because you got to factor in a lot of stuff when it comes to business. And I know Nikki, you're probably going to hark on this, but one, you're a nurse. So that means you probably have full, full uh, insurance, right? So you got to factor in, you know, you're saying you make just as much money. Okay. You got to factor in that just as much money is making sure that you're going to have that, you know, for a family, when my husband and I were between jobs and moving to Houston, it ran us somewhere around $900 a month extra just to cover our family with private insurance. So you got to factor in insurance and then you have to factor in how much is your job matching your employment, you know, your um, retirement, how much is your job matching your retirement? You got to factor in that um, and, and other benefits that you may have forgotten about because they're second nature. So yes, I completely agree, but make sure that, when you say you're making just as much money doing um, fitness as you do your own job, make sure that's an after taxes. So you got to make sure you charge yourself taxes, putting that you know third to the side for taxes and then making sure you're accounting for the cost of these other benefits. Because when you walk away from your job, you have children, then all of a sudden you don't have health care insurance. OK, well, that's a big cost that you may not be 
considering. But yes, I absolutely agree with um, once you do that. And I, I say do both as long as you possibly can. <laughs> Maximize the side hustle and mm-hmm. then you can gradually decrease your hours mm-hmm. as a nurse, but make sure you really have a cushion before you drop the nursing. And right. then you can always do locums. Like as a physician, if I decided I didn't want to work full time and I wanted to work one one week a month and do some tribal medicine, you have the opportunity to do that too. But make sure you understand how you can pull in some extra dollars if you need to at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Make sure don't just drop a job. So, you know, don't let anyone talk you into just leaving your job. You want to make sure that's why I have not left mine. I cannot see myself just leaving my job without being secure and making sure that I have as much cushion just in case a good set uh, uh, I have a bad sales month. You always want to make sure that you're prepared for the what ifs, especially coming out of 2020. You want to make sure you have a what if fund, a savings, 401k, whatever it is. You want to make sure that you have it saved. Gotcha. Yeah, I agree. Medical intern. Question three. In this economy, is it safe or stable to start a new business as a single mom of a 10 year old? I work as a realtor, but sales are down. However, I've recently grown my baking business and am getting steady orders. I'm thinking of getting a storefront location. Do you think this is a good move? I'm going to say I would not do the storefront location yet. I would still continue to do what you're doing as far as um, your your current business because it's not like you're locked into a nine to five where it's stopping you from growing your 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 baking business um, as well as still getting whatever funds you can get from what you're currently doing. So I would stick with that, you know, still build my clientele from the baking business and I would hold off on the storefront because you don't want to risk the fact with COVID and you don't want to risk it having to close that business down. So I would stick with everything that you're doing, start, you know, continue to promote your baking business and go on from there, but I wouldn't do the storefront. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So um, some of my listeners may know my husband and I owned a restaurant called green district in Fishers, Indiana. And it, it was a great idea, basically fresh chopped salads. I mean, the best salads you probably will ever eat. You were eating them and you're like, this is a salad. Oh my God. Um, but you know, we were open a little bit over a year. And when the pandemic hits and people start losing their jobs, well, your clientele goes down as much as they may like to buy a gourmet salad for nine ninety nine. Um, when you get your salary cut by 20, 30 percent or you lose your job, then the, there goes your clients. But, the, you know, the rent and the bills don't stop the overhead and the amount you're paying people hourly don't stop. And so my husband and I were basically fronting the business on our own initially anyway. But then whenever our revenue dropped we're now like fronting everything else out of pocket. And so it then it becomes a burden on your family. So I, I definitely agree. Um, unless it's like a storefront location where the landlord is going to give you like no PMI for a year or no rent for, you know, six months that you can see, okay, I can see this is going to get better. Um, and this is a, a, a storefront that I just can't pass up because it's in such a busy area. Um, I could see you doing that, um, but I would work out some type of deal with the landlord so that you're literally not paying until, you know, six months to eight months out. And um, I wouldn't sign a long contract if you do a storefront. So, 
you know, don't sign typical storefront locations are going to have a five-year contract. Don't do that. Like negotiate like a two-year contract or a three-year contract. So you don't get stuck just in case it's not what you signed up for. Um, and so like Nikki said, uh, if you can make a business without a storefront and you can sell, you know, biscuits and cake out of your house, I would continue to like, do not create more overhead for yourself. Not, not during the pandemic, do not create more overhead. Um, and so if you can continue to do that out of your house or out of a friend's house, or you can rent um, kitchen space somewhere so you can, you know, get use bigger ovens to bake. If your orders get that big, do that. Um, that would be most more cost efficient to rent time in a kitchen, like after hours at a restaurant. Um, mm -hmm. Restaurants do that kind of thing because they're trying to make money right now too. And leasing out their kitchen after hours um, is a way for them to make money and it's a way for you to get more space to bake. So that may be something you need to look into before you're doing a storefront location during the pandemic. I definitely think there's no reason that you shouldn't continue to be a realtor. I mean, the sales mm -hmm. are down, but got a real estate license. Like, what, don't let mm -hmm. that slide. Um, continue to do that. And if somebody mm -hmm. reaches out to you, great, you're licensed. Um, but I would not, you know, I, I, I would, I agree with Nikki. I wouldn't um, get a storefront location unless it's something you just cannot pass up. One also too, one uh, thing I also do want to add to that is if by chance you want to, you know, work, you know, have your stuff in stores, maybe go to the local businesses in the area, maybe the smaller mom and pop places and say, Hey guys, I have these cookies or these biscuits, whatever you're planning on selling. I have these and I would love to maybe provide them for your store and your customers can take advantage and you guys can order maybe 20 a month and see how they sell or something. Maybe yeah. Start maybe that way um, to where it can help at least get a buzz out in the neighborhood about what you're doing. And, you know, you can put your name and your Instagram or your phone number, or email, whatever. And then you're able to maybe build that way as well to help kind of maybe speed up the process. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Okay, and our last question. Dr. Plenty, could you give advice on growing your brand during a pandemic and how big does your brand have to be before making your brand your primary job and quitting your other one? I don't know too much about that because um, so so when people say, oh, pregnancy pros, the brand, right? That's like not why I started this. So I started this and I tell um, my friend Janine this all the time that I started this because I was the medical uh, division director at. Uh, an institution in Indianapolis. And when I left there, I wanted to continue to give information because people kept reaching out for information. And I know that I am the type of person that will want to help because I want to prevent people from having, you know, catastrophes in their pregnancy. Um, and that's because I had a cousin that passed away from complications of preeclampsia and eclampsia. And I don't want anybody, if I can at all help that, have to go through any complications of pregnancy. So I, I started this because I wanted to give people information. I am nowhere in, in a place to even think about starting, a, a, you know, making my side hustle or if you will, our brand, my primary job. So Nikki, I'm going to yield this final question to you because you have all these businesses and you have a brand. So... <laughs> So I would say, um, so the first question was, should she start a business during a pandemic? Can you give advice about growing her brand during the pandemic? But yeah. 
Okay. Um, so I would say use social media right now is going to be your friend because now since it's not that many events happening, um, also it's, you know, you don't want to risk yourself catching anything, of course, because of course you are, should be the number one priority. So your safety comes first. So I would say, get a get a facebook i would say get on as many social media platforms that you can possibly get on join groups in facebook um you know connect with other women now they have clubhouse they have all of these avenues to where you can promote and grow your business a lot faster uh one thing i would do is before doing that though you want to make sure that you have a really solid plan and you have um a good direction and you know your audience, you know who you want to hit because you're going to waste a lot of time in your business if you don't know your type of audience or the people that be, would be attracted to whatever you want to start. So I think definitely what you want to do is first figure out your audience, um, figure out, you know, your your name, get something catchy um, and pretty much take it from there. You you can pretty much do everything on, on your own to start off. You can use Canva, you can use Planoli, Planoli to plan your content. So you have all of the resources that you can possibly get and still work in the meantime. And then as far as quitting your job, you want to make sure that you're making at least, you know, I, I mean, personally, I would say make more than what you're making now monthly. So you want to have several streams of income. So that was one of my things. That's why I have so many things going on because you want to have multiple streams of income. First of all, don't rely on just one thing, especially if you're going into business on your own, because if one business slacks down, at least you have another one to kind of fall back on. So in that case, this is the same thing for your employment. Right now, I will never quit my nine to five until I know that I am secure in all those businesses. I have sales coming in and I can now continue to grow more and more and more. So definitely, I would say you have the ability to do it. You would just, of course, again, need to be patient, believe in yourself and be strong and just do it. I like that. I like that. Well, thank you so much for all the advice that you've given us today. And thank you, Nikki, for joining the podcast. Um, congratulations on all of the things that you're doing. And, you know, let let me know how I can support you in any way on any of your ventures, please. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Of course. Can you tell our listeners how they can follow you on social media? Yes, absolutely. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Nikki for the culture. Um, of course, you can definitely please follow um, my women for the culture at women for the culture. Our website is women for the culture.com as well. You can also follow glow up girl, which is glow up girl with the U, not an I XO. Um, that again, is going to be uh, my CD CBD brand, which is going to be launching. And also if by chance you are in the uh, New Jersey area, I also am going to be launching a family business with my fiance, uh, which is called Desire Juices. So this is going to be something that we're going to provide for our neighborhoods um, because where we live, we don't have any uh, options for healthier. And so we're going to do a delivery juice service to deliver, you know, ginger shots or, you know, fruit smoothies or things like that, where you can detox also stay healthy. So that will be launching soon. Um, so I'm excited about that, a family business and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. 
Oh my God. So if you guys are listening, she's added another business <laughs> to the list of businesses that she's already doing. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you so much, Nikki. Um, we will not take up any more of your time. We know that you are busy because you're always busy. I don't know when you sleep. So I make it happen. We got to make it happen. Make that time. Right, right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to Pregnancy Pearls podcast. We are joined by Nikki for, uh, from Women for the Culture. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash pregnancy pearls with Dr. Plenty for quick tips on pregnancy complications. Uh, in closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Pregnancy Bye. Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production.